0: Well, the Ministry of Health has just released the latest abortion statistics, Uh, and one positive is that it uses the word woman six times. So that's progress, because as we know, only women can get pregnant. But let's take a look at the latest trends, just over two years on from when our politicians decriminalised abortion and introduced one of the most liberal and extreme laws in the world, effectively allowing abortion to 40 weeks with minimal safeguards. Let's check it out. So a slightly longer McBlog than normal, but this is important stuff. Uh, This report came out, Abortion Services, Aotearoa New Zealand. That word services is hard to say actually, abortion services. Uh, The report was released late last week and it starts pretty badly with the Director General of Health thanking abortionists for their dedication and care about improving health outcomes and the well-being of people, getting abortion to priority populations, and finishes with wanting high-quality health care. Now, note who's missing in this whole conversation. Someone is completely ignored by the Director General of Health. The child. Not a peep. The rights of the child are conveniently ignored. So let's have a look at some of the data. Overall after a consistent decline over the last two decades there's been a very slight increase but it's consistent with the last eight or so years which have levelled off. Still a complete tragedy. 13,257 deaths of unborn children in just one year and this is from a high of almost 18,400 as recently as 2007 but that decline has now levelled off sadly. So. We have an average of 36 children per day killed in the womb. A large classroom every day. Now, the rate of abortions per pregnancy has decreased slightly after an increase last year. So it's a good thing. More pro-life pregnancies. More children being given the right to life. Women choosing life over death. That's superb. But it's leveled out since those massive decreases over the past two decades. If we look at the age groups, you'll see a big decline in the 20 to 24 and the 15 to 19 age brackets. But in the opposite direction to all the trends is an increase in abortions by women in their 30s. That's that green line and that light blue line. And if you look at how many abortions women have had, the blue represents first-time abortions. So as you can see, more than 40% of Maori abortions are their second, third or even fifth. For other ethnic groups, it's about a third that are on to repeat abortions. So this is not the exception for abortion, as we are led to believe. If you look at how many live births, in other words, children the woman have previously had before the current abortion, sadly, it shows that while blue means it's the first pregnancy, the other colours, orange, grey, yellow, light blue, means that the mum has had previous children about 55 to 70% of pregnant mums have had previous children when they're having this abortion. When we look at the ethnic breakdown, we see something sad. As you can see, in the blue, Māori have a disproportionately high level of abortion. Uh, So do Asian to a certain extent, but Māori represent 16.5% of the population, but 24% of all abortions. So, What is the response of the Ministry of Health to this trend? Ah, a vision. For abortion services, it focuses on services meeting the needs of rangatahi Māori. Apparently, this is equity. More abortion services for Māori, easier abortions. But what about the needs of the unborn rangatahi, the unborn Māori child? Oh, this was one other interesting paragraph that I saw, that apparently they're developing a scope of practice for midwives wanting to provide abortion care. See the playing around with words there, abortion care, but linking midwives with abortion, that's a pretty uh, sad connection. But here's an interesting observation in the report. The higher the deprivation, in other words, the poorer the parents, the more likely for an abortion which is one of the sad realities of abortion. Often the decision is made based on economics. We can't afford a child. But that is not a solution. And that's where I love the Hungary policy that I shared about last week, where the government support kicked in at the end of the first trimester to support families, so that poverty was not a reason for an abortion, which further harms both the child and the mother. Now, there is one really positive thing in the report. And that is that the report acknowledges that the abortion workforce is just 63 medical staff and 99 nurses. Now, to put that in perspective, there are 17,000 doctors in New Zealand and 58,000 nurses, so that abortion workforce represents 0.2% of the workforce. Here it is in numbers from the report. Isn't it reassuring that 99.8% of the medical profession is pro-life and actually wants nothing to do with abortion and the killing of the unborn child because it goes against every reason they entered the health field in the first place. In fact, you might remember the spin-off recently whining about Middlemore hospitals struggling to find staff to perform abortions. Isn't that great? Now, here's a disturbing issue. Last year's report revealed that there had been a 45% increase in late-term abortions after 20 weeks. Now remember, we were told that the new law didn't change anything about late-term abortions. Well, that was a complete lie, because previously the Crimes Act allowed for an abortion after 20 weeks gestation only in exceptional circumstances. But Statistics New Zealand data showed that there were 800 late-term abortions over the last 10 years where there was no danger to the physical health or life of the mother, which is the reason they often say you need a late-term abortion. But 91% of all late-term abortions didn't have this reason. The new law means that late-term abortions will be available to women if the abortion provider reasonably believes the abortion is clinically appropriate in all the circumstances, having regard to the woman's physical and mental health and well-being. Well, that's a very broad subjective test, and the terms physical health, mental health, and well-being, oh, they're not defined by the Bill. So, given that they want to make Abortion more accessible, it's difficult to see many instances in which an abortion would reasonably be refused. A baby could be aborted after 20 weeks as long as the abortionist who intends to perform the abortion considered that the abortion was appropriate. And of course, they need a nod from another colleague, another abortion provider. Now, here's the disturbing bit. In this latest report, they don't give the breakdown of late term pregnancies, uh, of late term abortions, sorry, how far the pregnancy is when the abortion takes place, the gestation, they only give the average. How convenient, what are they trying to hide? Because last year, they gave the full breakdown. That's how we figured out the big increase in late term abortions, but they haven't this year. It's obvious they're concerned about revealing these stats around late term abortions, in my view, they've deliberately hidden them and I've now done an Official Information Act request to get this data. In fact, there's a few areas where this year's report is a lot less detailed than previously. Now, just lastly, there's three disturbing things in the commentary. Firstly, they talk about pregnancies of later gestation, i.e. late-term abortions, but they say they were refused not because they were late-term, but potentially because the services just weren't available. See underlined there. Now remember, under the previous law, post 20 weeks, late-term abortions were only in exceptional circumstances. They're now legal, and the Ministry of Health are concerned that women can't get late-term abortions if they want them. And another concern you'll see there is that sex selection abortions were a reason for requesting an abortion. Now. There was actually an amendment to place an explicit ban on sex selection abortions, but that was voted against by a majority of MPs two years ago. Now, sex selective abortion, it's a well-known problem in China and India, where some preference cultures have resulted in extremely skewed uh, sex ratios, and the practice of sex selection has been widely condemned, but not by our MPs. Uh, And thirdly, there's a big push for medical abortions with phone consultations and telemedicine. Abortions done at home, DIY abortions. What could possibly go wrong? Well, lots actually. The report shows that more than 161 women suffered complications, including hemorrhaging, retained products, infections, and even failed abortions. And this risk was greater with medical abortions. More than 30 medical abortions as well. They couldn't even find the patient to follow up. Is that safe, high quality health outcome? No, I don't think so either. And finally, here's the key point. We were told when this extreme abortion law was being pushed through that women were being denied abortions, that there was an abortion on demand and we needed to liberalise the law so that all women who wanted an abortion could have ...that I've received since this debate has started I have found completely compelling, including the woman who wrote this to me. Everyone in the process was lovely, but the process was not lovely. I had to tell my story over and over. All I wanted it for was it, it to be over, but I had to go through multiple appointments, rounds of judgment and justifications from strangers. It made a hard time considerably harder. I had no doubts, no second thoughts, but plenty of guilt. And a lot of shame. On average over the last 10 years, 250 women have been denied the right to access an abortion. And why? Because they were deemed to be not justified. That is, that continuing with the pregnancy would cause serious danger to the woman's mental health. So I guess my contention is that it's the serious danger to the woman's mental health if they want to access, access a service that is abortion and they're denied it. To prohibit abortion in law is tantamount to saying that women who are pregnant are untrustworthy shadows who must be forced to carry a pregnancy to term on pain of punishment by the state. And it shouldn't take a great deal of thought and examination to see how morally bankrupt that position is. Around 30% of New Zealand women have had to jump through multiple hoops created by our abortion laws to be able to access fundamental health care services. Some women in this country have been denied abortions when that was their preference for their life. Ah, yes, we were told that they were being denied. They couldn't access them. It wasn't available, but that was all a myth. How do we know that? Because as you saw, the number of abortions has barely changed. The same number of women want them, the same number of women are getting them. It always was abortion on demand, and it still is. It's just more normalized and easier to get. Plus, late term abortions, even DIY abortions, at home now. Look, as we said at the time of the debate, to remove legislation about abortion from the criminal code and talk about it being a health care is to basically equate a procedure to remove an unborn baby with a procedure to remove an appendix or a kidney stone or gallbladder or tonsils. You know, just tissue to remove as part of a health procedure. This is the narrative they want. But our abortion law denies the humanity of the baby and again it creates inconsistency with other legislation and public health messaging for a pregnant women which clearly recognizes the rights and the health of the unborn child. Anybody who has viewed the ultrasound of an unborn child will know that this policy is a gross abuse of human rights. The humanity of a child is not based on whether it's wanted or not wanted. It should never be based on that. It worked in the 70s but it's Flat Earth science. Now we've seen the ultrasounds, we've seen the fetal development, and to support abortion, you have to park your conscience and science in a deep, dark vault. Abortion denies the humanity of the unborn child, and unfortunately, as this report shows, the Ministry of Health is the biggest cheerleader for aborting children. You know, when politicians and even the Ministry of Health can't determine, can't figure out when a life begins or when a life exists, why would you trust them with many other decisions they make?